Good morning. God morning. Welcome to Pray With Me. Let's get these blessings started. It's a daily podcast, and I'm your host, Pamela Staten. Let us pray in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, I call on you right now in a special way. It is through your power that I was created. Every breath I take, every morning I wake, and every moment of every hour I live under your power. Father, I ask you now to touch me with that same power, for if you created me from nothing, you can certainly recreate me. Fill me with the healing power of your spirit. Cast out anything that should not be in me. Mend what is broken. Root out any unproductive cells. Open any blocked arteries or veins and rebuild any damaged areas. Remove all inflammation and cleanse any infection. Let the warmth of your healing love pass through my body to make new any unhealthy areas so that my body will function the way you created it to function. And Father, restore me to full health in mind, body, and spirit so that I may serve you the rest of my life. I ask this through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. God, you're ushering in another day untouched and freshly new. So here I come to ask you, God, if you'll renew me too. Forgive the many errors that I made yesterday. And let me try again, dear God, to walk closer in thy way. But Father, I am well aware I can't make it on my own. So take my hand and hold it tight, Lord, for I can't walk alone. Let us continue to pray. Father, open my heart to your love. Amen. Help me to be a lifeline to those in need, Jesus. Amen. Jesus, may we always give thanks for our guardian angels. Amen. Lord, help me appreciate life's simple pleasures. Amen. Guide me in creating new routines that benefit my body, mind, and spirit, Creator. Amen. I like being in control, Lord. Instill with me the humility to surrender to your will. Amen. Allow us to feel the healing embrace of your love, Lord. Amen. Jesus, guide us to respect and comfort the elderly. Father, may we never doubt your infinite capacity to forgive. Amen. 
Remember, use my brokenness to fill me with your love. Amen. Help us to see beyond superficial differences, Father. Amen. Messiah, may we remember that every troubled soul has a story. Help me to be grateful for my blessings, Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord, bless and safeguard our nation's military chaplains. Amen. Help me find joy in my labor, Lord. Amen. Bring comfort and healing to all cancer patients, Lord. Amen. Help me to control my temper, Father, so that I may be a loving example to others. Amen. Lord, protect my heart and give me the courage to seek and give love. Jeremiah 29, verse 13 says, Seek me with all your heart. Okay, listeners, let us seek the Lord together. Stay right there. Be right back. I thought this was really special to share. It says when seeking a relationship, it's only natural to imagine the perfect looking person over the perfect person for you. What about your compatibility in areas of finances and lifestyle? Do you both see child rearing in your future or spending time together in excitement and boredom? If you want true love and romance, you have to prepare for it. And this is from the book, Three Minutes a Day. After you've spent time with this new person, close your eyes and don't just judge by looks. See if you are interested in this person because of their, avail their availability and their ambitions, their sense of humor and their smile. Don't worry whether he or she is the one. First, genuinely enjoy getting to know the other person and then pray to God about the relationship. Keep an open mind to a future and discuss things that matter. 
pray to God to guide your mind and heart every step of the way through. Remember, the first step towards love comes from being open to a person as God sees them, not as you want to see them. So we pray, Lord, protect my heart and give me the courage to seek and give love. Amen. And now from the Charles Stanley Life Principles Bible, (laughs) it is telling us how to develop and maintain an attitude of active listening before the Lord. And it's focusing on 1 Kings chapter 19 in particular. Many people seem uncomfortable with silence, especially if they're alone. In silence, however, we are able to hear the still, small voice, the voice of the Lord. Certainly the prophet Elijah knew this after receiving a death threat from Queen Jezebel. Elijah escaped to an isolated desert area. There, in a cave, he heard the Lord say to him, Go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the rocks into pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind, and after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still small voice. So it was when Elijah heard it that he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood in the entrance of the cave. Suddenly a voice came to him and said, What are you doing here, Elijah? Quietness is essential to listening. If we are too busy to sit in silence in God's presence, listeners, if we are preoccupied with thoughts or concerns about the day, listeners, if we have filled our minds for hour upon hour with carnal interference and aimless chatter, then we are going to have difficulty listening for his still small voice. At some point during the day, be still before the Lord in prayer. You may find that late night or early morning is a good time of solitude and quiet for you. A noonday walk in the park, maybe? You can have quiet time for your soul before the Lord. 
ask the Lord to reveal to you a time and place where you might turn off the cares and worries of the world for a few moments and listen to him. It says, ask the Lord to reveal to you a time and a place where you might turn off the cares and worries of the world for a few moments to listen to him. So often, listeners, we spend our prayer time by talking to the Lord without spending any time, just waiting in silence to see what he has to say to us. Take time to intentionally sit or kneel in silence before the Lord. Empty your mind of all other thoughts. Concentrate on his word and his presence with you. And then ask him to speak to you. I repeat, take time to intentionally sit or kneel in silence before the Lord. Empty your mind of all other thoughts. Concentrate on his word and his presence with you and ask him to speak to you. Amen. Love it. Listening to God is essential to walking with God. And our intimacy with God, his highest priority for our lives, determines the impact of our lives. And the awareness of God's presence energizes us for our work. Love it. Amen. Be right back, listeners. We got more. It's a daily podcast. We got more. Oh, I just love this hope for each day. Um, It is saying Psalm 108. Verse 13, through God, we will do valiantly. There are two ways of getting out of a trial. One is to simply try to get rid of the trial and be thankful when it's over. The other is to recognize the trial as a challenge from God to claim a larger blessing than we ever had. Sometimes God removes our trials and it isn't necessarily wrong to ask him to do that. But often the trials remain and when they do, we should accept them and ask God to teach us from them. God will not permit any troubles to come upon us unless he has a specific plan by which 
great blessing can come out of the difficulty. I don't know who needs to hear that, but I'll repeat it. God will not permit any troubles to come upon us unless he has a specific plan by which great blessing can come out of the difficulty. It is through the suffering, listeners, through the tests and the trials of life that we can draw near to God. When God tests you, it's a good thing. And you can test him by putting his promises to the proof and claiming from him just as much as your trials rendered necessary. Awesome. Love it. Let's talk about the poison of pride. Mm -hmm. Proverbs chapter 16 verse 5 says, The Lord detests all the proud of heart. Be sure of this, they will not go unpunished. The pride that God loathes is not a healthy self-respect or a legitimate sense of personal dignity. It is the haughty, undue self-esteem out of all proportion to our actual worth. It is the repugnant egotism that is repulsive to both man and God. It is that revolting conceit that swaggers before men and struts in the presence of the Almighty and, yes, God hates it. Pride may take on various forms. Spiritual pride trusts in one's own virtue rather than in the grace of God. Intellectual pride gives its professor self-confidence rather than God-confidence. Pride in material things enthrones self and displaces God. Secondary things are exalted to the place of first importance. Social pride manifests itself in arrogance and status. So all forms of pride emanate from the haughty human heart. And pride, oh boy, is the sin that God hates most. We didn't know that. Listeners, confess your pride. Humble yourself in the sight of God. Look then at Christ who humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Amen. Philippians chapter 2 talks about pride. And now... There is a poison of anger. Proverbs 29 verse 11 
says a fool gives full vent to his anger. Listeners, anger is one sin that everyone is capable of committing. The tiny baby has a tantrum and spits up her dinner. The little boy has a tantrum and ruins the family gathering. The wife loses her temper and wounds her child's heart. The husband gets angry and terrifies his family. Homes can be destroyed by the swirling tornadoes of anger. Business relationships can be shattered by fits of violent temper. And oh yes, we know that friendships can be broken because of anger. Anger causes murders, assaults, and conflicts. Anger brings out the animal nature of human beings. It hinders our Christian testimony and causes people to lose the joy of living. Too many of us listeners excuse our anger by blaming our natural disposition. But anger is the sin. And anger is sin. The first step in finding victory over anger is to want to get rid of it. Then next comes confession. Then comes a yielding to God. Only His Spirit can tame your tongue and your passions when you surrender your heart to Jesus. He calmed the turbulent sea of Galilee so he can calm the tempestuous sea of anger with his love inside you. God is good all the time. And so is this book, Hope for Each Day, Morning and Evening Devotions. Okay, we got more to come. Be right back. And here is what God has to whisper in our ear today. I know it seems like you are in a constant battle for your faith. Doubt attacks unexpectedly, and in your weakness, you fail to seek my strength. As circumstances compound and there seems to be no way out, I'll make a way through. Life will get overwhelming, but there is nothing to fear. The battle is not yours, it belongs to me. I see you struggling when you should simply be trusting. Many of the battles you face are spiritual in nature and you're waging war in a physical world, relying on material resources that can never win a spiritual battle. It is my supernatural power 
that can unleash an army against your troubles. But you must come to me and completely rely upon me. You need to trust that I am able. There is no reason to be afraid or discouraged. Everything is always under my control. It's just a matter of whether or not you truly believe that. More often than not, the battle is in your mind and you must cling to my word as the weapon that will disarm any doubt. So don't be disillusioned by the battlefield or the army that stands before you. Whatever it is that is threatening to conquer you has no victory over me. And I am for you. And since I am for you, who or what can dare to be against you? Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Second Chronicles 20, verse 15. This is what the Lord says. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged by this mighty army, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Yay. Comforting, comforting words. And to conclude the podcast for today, I want to share this. Exodus chapter 20, verse 17. It says, Thou shalt not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his male or female servant, his ox or donkey or anything that belongs to your neighbor. Many believers are aware the Ten Commandments, are aware of the Ten Commandments, and could probably list most of them. We know they tell us not to covet. But we have to stop and think about that. And we have to apply it to our lives personally. Listeners, to covet is simply to want what someone else has. The opposite of coveting is being content with what God has given us. Looking up to certain people is certainly not wrong. We can admire them for their faith their godly character, their walk with God, their discipline or work ethic, their creativity, or the way they treat other people. We can be encouraged by the opportunities that God gives them and the way they use their gifts. God does put people in our lives to help us live as he wants us to live. Amen. But we should relate to them in a healthy way, letting their lives inspire us rather than being jealous and wanting exactly what they have. 
So I urge you today to seek God for what he wants you to have, the life he wants you to live, and the person he wants you to be. Resist the temptation to covet anything anyone else has and trust God to give you everything that you need exactly when you need it. Pray with me. Father, help me today to be content with all that you have given me not wanting what other people have at all. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for coming to pray with me. Oh yes, the blessings have started and they are here for us to enjoy. They're here for us to collect and they're here for us to build upon them. We just got these blessings started. So feel good. Come back tomorrow. Bye for now.